welcome to another edition, Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Um, I'm joined this afternoon uh, by the founder of MKE Overdose Prevention, uh, which is an organization providing uh, Narcan training and supplies to businesses, communities, and individuals. Um, I'm excited to talk to her about her passions and uh, why this is important to her. Chelsea England, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, like we were just saying before we started recording, a uh, little sleepy. Um, it is crash time, but I just had some coffee, so I'm getting back into the zone here. Um, I see you. Yeah, you are uh, mm -hmm. at uh, the place to to be it to get back in the zone with yeah yeah um what do you what are you sipping on no oh, i think i got this latte ice latte that's like agave and vanilla nice oh yeah love nice. some anodyne coffee sounds good right about now <laughs> for, sure. Um, for sure good stuff um so chelsea what we talk about on mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and so um you know, we, we've known each other for a few years now, just from being in the River West neighborhood. Um, we recently chatted for a Shepherd Express article a few months ago. Um, and I that was the first time getting to really hear about um, your work and, and, you know, the importance of having Narcan training and on hand and everything like that. And it is very, um, very awesome that, you know, you've taking this initiative. Um, so, and we're going to talk all about uh, what what you have going on and everything there. But first, uh, where we typically start is just a little bit of background. So um, tell me a little bit about like, you know, where you grew up. Yeah. I was born in Michigan outside of Detroit and moved here when I was younger so i've lived most of my life here um live in river west i work in walker's point as a social worker um i have two dogs and two cats and a wonderful partner shout out to sam yeah um i don't know if he told you but uh he's gonna be on the show in a few weeks now okay hell yeah there's like me brandon sam my homies yeah. The whole crew. My husband. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're taking over a nice guy podcast. Yes. River West takes over. What, what kind of led you um, into becoming passionate about this kind of thing? For sure. Um, so, I mean, I am in recovery. I am not sober, but I don't use opiates anymore. Um, I was luckily, like, when I quit doing opiates, this was like a decade ago, but fentanyl wasn't really, I mean, obviously it existed medically, uh, but it wasn't really like so prevalently added to any and all drugs. And there also wasn't such like a heavy um, presence of fake pills that look like actual pills. Uh, so I worked for several years as a medical assistant, which you know, just really showed me like how much medical supplies and equipment is available 
but not available. It's just sitting there and like all these insurance loopholes and money and all this bullshit that like people can't get access to things that they need. So unfortunately, I saw someone overdose outside of the clinic I was working at one day. Um, I'm sure they had already passed away before they got there, but we also had Narcan like 300 feet away in a pharmacy and there's like all this medical staff that just didn't realize that's what's happening, which was insane to me, like that you can get a medical degree and not be aware of this problem and not be aware of this medication. Uh, and I just don't think anyone should have to die from drug use. I think like, obviously, I don't think death is a learning experience for anyone. Like, you know, we can learn to grieve and process and move on. But obviously, if you do drugs and die from them, you can never change decision making or um, be a different person or, you know, and even I think regardless of the choices that people make, like you should always have bodily autonomy. So, you know, we should always have access to things like abortion and healthcare and it shouldn't be all these loopholes to jump through and it shouldn't be so frowned upon and forbidden. It's really, Narcan is really just prevention in the way like a lot of things are prevention, like a seatbelt is prevention. And I don't think a seatbelt encourages anyone to like drive like more of an asshole than they already do. It right. just means that you don't have to die because you did that. I did not think that this would turn into what it has turned into or like me giving so many trainings or starting a nonprofit. Um, but then there was just a ton of interest in it. So, um, and you know, like last year's fentanyl related overdose deaths in Milwaukee County were higher than ever. And that number keeps getting higher every year. And I just don't see the need for that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, the, the, the best thing that we can do as the people is supply resources to folks that need it. Right. And which is exactly what you are doing. Um, so there's a it's a whole bigger conversation of the criminalization of of drugs and drug paraphernalia, like and mental health and yeah, it's like so still societally taboo to have mental health issues and addiction issues, and it's like. I don't think I know anyone that doesn't have one of those two things and right. they are very easily intersected, so. Yeah, exactly. And system profits from from the, from the mental health issues and, mm-hmm. and addictions and everything like that. Like it's, it's a very, very systemic issue, which- Yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah, right. Which we don't have to, uh, open that can of worms, uh, <laughs> but but point is, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of layers to it. But but you know, you're you're doing what you have the capacity to do, um, and what we can do as the people, you know, carry Narcan and, and have that training. So that said, what did you first do to to, to kind of like 
watch this. Yeah, I mean, well, so I think years ago when you still needed a prescription for Narcan, I was working at an abortion clinic that used um, an opiate like in procedures sometimes. And then also our clients would sometimes have addiction issues. So I was like, why don't we have Narcan here? And I went and took the training from Vivint so that I could be have a prescription and get Narcan whenever I wanted. Um, so I think like last August, I started doing trainings and it's really just been awesome community places that will host me for free. Um, and so that other people are able to come. And then I ended up becoming Narcan direct through the state. So social workers or healthcare professionals are able to become Narcan direct, um, which basically means I can, I contact someone from state DHS and then order as much Narcan as I need or want. And it's slightly kept track of like, um, I have to guesstimate like, I think this percent went to people who are actively using or this percent went to family that has people using or this percent went to just people with general interests that want to have it on them. so that's really awesome. And then I was able, so I started doing more trainings and really wanted to turn it into a nonprofit um, just so there can be money for things like getting a projector and getting a screen. And um, I mean, eventually I'd like to start offering more prevention services like needle syringe boxes and like, uh, testing and I mean that's that's like the really big goal but right now I'm just focused on Narcan and interested to see how like when the state does report at the end of the year like this is how much Narcan went out in Milwaukee County and see how that affects opiate related deaths. Yeah yeah Uh, for those that um, don't quite know um like what Narcan is, like what it entails, how it's used. Um, if you'd care to share a bit more about uh, the about Narcan itself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what I give out is nasal Narcan. So it's used, it's like a nasal spray, like Flonase or Vicks or anything like that. And every dose just has one dose. And then it only blocks your opiate receptors. So if someone, if you're not sure and like they are legitimately having a different health issue, it's not going to affect them negatively to give them Narcan. Um, What it's doing is like blocking your opiate receptors from absorbing more opiate. So there's time to get that person to healthcare if they want, or, you know, I encourage people to keep more than one dose on them because fentanyl is insanely strong. Like it is literally the strongest synthetic opiate. Um, So oftentimes you need more than one dose, especially if it's someone that doesn't want to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And 
My understanding, it can be um, injected, but that's more what paramedics do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to give out vials. Um, they are a lot cheaper. So like when I would, when Vivant was still supplying me with the Narcan that I got, um, I would try to take vials more often just because it's so much cheaper and um, yeah, that's really the only reason, but I guess a lot of people aren't comfortable with needles, which is fine. And I think it's already like a situation that's kind of like frazzling. So like, if you don't really know what you're doing medically wise, it can be stressful. And oh, yeah. I think the spray is just generally easier. And yeah, if the state wants to pay for it and give it to me then, which actually um, the pharmaceutical company that makes Narcan, they're called Emergent and it's the only pharmaceutical drug they make and they actually give it to us for free. Right on. Awesome. Like they supply the state. They supply several states with free Narcan. Uh, some states still have laws about like needing a prescription or whatnot. But, and I think it's also, even though um, the syringe used to for the uh, vial is not, you can't use it to like inject drugs because the gauge is too big. I think it can also be triggering for people that are in recovery or sober um, just to like have needles around is not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked in healthcare for years, so I'm like, I'm not bothered, and I would love to like pulp fiction someone, but that's not how it's injected. Yep. So. But thankfully, yeah, the spray is is mm -hmm. relatively simple to use. Um, so I'm curious, like, you know, so you so you said you're in social work. How do you feel like you're like being a social worker is kind of like gone hand in hand or otherwise influenced like you know your your passion for overdose prevention um i mean i think like i said this i really don't know anyone that isn't affected by mental health or addiction issues um so i mean even though i work with families for housing like they still have family members that or themselves have you know mental health addiction issues so and i also just think like now that fentanyl is added to so many drugs that like that's not even the goal of the drug you're taking like yeah um i just think it's better for everyone to know how to use it and have it because i mean like there's young people that die from using a drug one time yeah because it had fentanyl in it so yeah. which is yeah. insane like how is that a learning experience for anyone definitely yeah there have been we've been seeing some very alarming stories about the presence of fentanyl um like appearing in drugs um mm -hmm. everywhere um very tragically um two uh people um that went to my high school passed away from it a few years ago. It was really sad. Um, but yeah, like they people simply just don't know like when if it's in a batch, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, they did um they did recently, maybe like three weeks ago, fentanyl test strips are now legal, which is great, but it's also uh 
bittersweet because so now that they are legal another bill also went into effect that says if you have like so if you have a gram of a substance and two percent of the gram is fentanyl and ten percent is cocaine and the rest is just filler you are now going to get charged with having a gram of fentanyl just because a small percent of that drug is fentanyl well, that's bullshit. Yeah. That makes no sense. Typical um, justice system. Totally. Yeah. Very typical. I mean, like, like, people are going to do what they're going to do, so I don't understand why fentanyl test strips were ever legal. Um, yeah. That's a typical enhancer charge, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really not right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, though, because it's really not paraphernalia. Like, it's literally solution and a way to test it. So it's not like, oh, there's this pipe with reed, weed residue or something. Like, it's not anything. It's it's literally like a, a potentially life-saving measure. Mm -hmm. um, so what have been some of the... Um, uh, businesses in the community that you've partnered with and uh, trainings you've had? Yeah, so um, so like I found out in order to have a nonprofit, you have to have at least three people. Uh, that way I can't like take a bunch of money from addicts and go on a trip or something. Right, um, yeah. So Daily Bird owner Dan Vort is one of my business partners. And then my other business partner is Ryan Gorman. And he is on a podcast. It's a prevention podcast called Don't Die Wisconsin, which is, it's very funny. And I definitely recommend. Um, right so they partnered up with me every month at the Daily Bird. The first Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. is always a training. And then um, like this Saturday, I'm joining with Safe and Sound. They're having a drug take back day. Um, so I'll be giving out Narcan. And then I think some folks from Vivant are going to hang out with me and give out fentanyl test strips. Um, I mean, there's been a ton of River West businesses that have been supportive, but I'm really trying to get to other parts of the city uh, because yeah. this is more, you know, this is bigger than just our neighborhood or um, anything like that. So, and I've done some business trainings, like I last week did, went to Social Development Commission, trained their staff. Um, I think I'm going to at random soon. Oh, nice. Which is great because I'm going to be like, I definitely need like a fancy drink in exchange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went to at random a few months ago, like first time there uh, for a, a boozy milkshake. Yeah. The aesthetic. Absolutely. Um, no, that, that's, that's fantastic um, that, you know, you're, uh, you know, you obviously started locally as far as River West goes, but you're gradually branching out into, you know, uh, different uh, places around the city because, you know, anyone could could benefit from this this training and education. Um, I went to my first Narcan training. Uh, 
it was like early February at the Daily Bird. Yeah, and uh, now I've, I've had Narcan in my coat pocket since then. Um, because, of course, we never know when you mm -hmm. might need it. Right. Hopefully you won't, but it's there if you do. Right. And I remember when you when I interviewed you for The Shepherd, you actually shared a story about somebody actually, um, you had an experience with someone overdosing like mm -hmm. at the Daily Bird. And mm -hmm. if you would care to share more about that, because I thought that was a pretty like profound and impactful story. It was um, definitely like, what is the word? I don't know. It was uh, interesting because Dan, it was our the night of like our first training i think and then uh he messaged me like need narcan now like yeah. in the middle of the day so i went over there and luckily got there before the paramedics and the person was ended up being fine um that's good but yeah it was it was crazy i don't you know if they were using drugs but i can't say for sure if it was like the combination of drugs they were using or if the drugs had fentanyl, but um, yeah, they were okay. The paramedics were great and the paramedics were also very grateful that other people have Narcan. And, um, you know, I think the police came after and the, the person had already left and they were upset that they couldn't arrest that person, but like, Fuck you guys. Such I mean, bullshit. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's literally not going to teach the person anything. Um, no. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. like, then you putting them in jail is going to be like a financial burden. And so there's also a huge influx of people that go into jail that are withdrawing from drugs and then use drugs as soon as they get out and overdose because their body can't handle what it could handle 10 days ago or 30 days ago. And so I think everyone that leaves any Milwaukee jail should be leaving with Narcan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. yeah. And yeah, like you can't, and my goal is not, if anyone needs AODA resources, like I'm happy to provide them, but like, I'm never gonna use Narcan on someone and then be like, okay, where do you want to go to rehab? Like, that's not my goal. I, I don't care if you do or you don't just, I just care about making these things available and like having people right. be respectful of people that are going through some shit. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, you know, is, you know, criminalizing and stigmatizing addiction, um, mm -hmm. you know, like trying to back people into a corner with it is you know only going to make it more like yeah burdening for them to, mm -hmm. to to you know live with such a uh habit or condition um and yeah like just to have something on hand that can make it so they're just being safer or yeah like that's so that like is Totally when okay. you don't give people clean needles to use for RV drug use, then, you know, that person ends up with sepsis and infections and inevitably is going to seek health care when 
that could have been prevented by making syringes available and accessible to them. And so now like someone that's having something that's not so preventable, like a heart attack that needs that hospital bed, that bed isn't filled by someone that could have just gotten clean needles to begin with. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a harm reduction mechanism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, how has the, the response from the community been since you uh, um, Amazing and also like a little overwhelming, which is why I'm really grateful for Dan and Ryan joining me. So I have been getting more and more emails every week and requests for trainings, which is great. And I'm happy that I'm like, I'm only one person and like all of my clients for social work also think I'm like their personal social worker and then I'm literally sitting around waiting for them to call. Um, yes. yeah. So it's just like, it was a getting a little overwhelming, but it's awesome that there's been a really great like general interest. I think uh, I'm opinionated. So I think sometimes people at trainings, you know, when I'm like, um, call the paramedics, call 911 and say it's an allergic reaction, say it's a seizure, like just something else that isn't going to warrant police coming yeah. right away. Because um, the paramedics, their goal is not to like criminalize people. It's literally their job to save people's lives and they also don't need the police there. Like police aren't medically trained. They're just in the way um, yeah. in general. Um, right. So I think maybe some people are like a little irritated with me at trainings when I'm like, I have my fuck the police energy, but um, I mean, until they start making some changes, I'm gonna keep that same energy. It's warranted. Um, um, like you said, they're not uh, trained like with um, medical emergency response. Uh, yeah, the instinct should not be to respond with with violence and, mm -hmm. and to to uh, you know subdue the person in distress. Like, mm -hmm. um, but you know, but that that in of, in of itself points to uh, a larger problem that we don't right. like kind of go into that we need to be having. And right about funding of the police. Right. Yeah, I think. I think that's my only pushback or like I have kind of stopped um, talking to the news because they always have like want to like twist stories into weird shit and are just like constantly like why does this matter to you like because I don't think people should die like can we move on from that question like it's as simple as that please stop asking me the same question over and over again like I don't want people to be dead. It's like yeah. horrific and traumatizing for even other people to, you know, like to just be around in that situation. So, right. yeah, it's as simple as that. Like, just because someone's an addict doesn't mean their life doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think, um, like, you know, affluent people like to pretend like, they don't have problems or they're not susceptible to the same problems that people in lower class or poverty are. But I mean, they probably do more drugs than the rest of us. They got money. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like 
drug abuse exists and and is pervasive in every you know class of society um so i mean it makes me sad when i see i mean it makes me sad every time i hear about someone overdosing but like also sad when i see like an 18 year old uwm student that used a drug that wasn't supposed to have any opiate in it and then ends up passing away because not only is there not narcan available but like they just don't know what it's for like that there is the potential for these substances to be in other drugs and so i mean i think like my other goal would be getting it on college campuses and Maybe just like for freshmen having a conversation about the truth of the situation and like where they can get Narcan and yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like actually, on that note, um, I'm glad you bring that up because um, the training that I attended a few months ago had a lot of UWM college kids there. Um, a lot of them were. Like, you know, I saw them with the student IDs and they were, um, everyone was very attentive and whatnot, taking it upon themselves to, to have these skill sets yeah. if, God forbid, they run into a crisis. Right. Um, and yeah, like, I, I think college campuses are probably like, are a very crucial place to have uh, these, these uh, supplies and resources. At. Yeah, I mean, like, it'd be great if it was in the dorms, um, like, in their health centers, and, um, I mean, I wish we, we don't really have the climate for it, but it'd be great to just have, like, outdoor spaces that have, like, a box with Narcan in them, so you can, like, a little library of prevention tools yeah 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 i i think you mentioned you like had the goal of like having like a uh overdose prevention like mobile uh yeah, like, awesome. yeah. i'd love to have a mobile clinic which used to be my dream of like i feel like i've had this dream for years of like having an rv that's a mobile clinic and like it yeah. keeps changing into different things like at first it was a mobile clinic for pregnancy termination and then it was just for like COVID shots and now I'm like well now it's a uh, overdose prevention but yeah I would love to just have things um like syringes uh you know just like basic stuff that humans need like deodorant toothbrushes um yeah. water bottles so that like or like I mean they also make little things of water that are like single use for injecting which is good because you shouldn't be using the same container of water to for multiple injections. Um, I love when I see posts about people complaining about like a needle that was not properly disposed of. But I'm like, where if we don't provide these things, where do you think they're gonna end up? Mm -hmm. It might end up, yeah, like in a park or right. on a beach. And I mean, that is upsetting that like you have to check for those things before you let your kids play at a park. But um, I mean, if we don't provide options, like it'd be like if we didn't have garbage cans and then garbage ends up on the ground, which 
it does, but like. So that's called a sharps container, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'd love to make those available. Um, there's one at the Daily Bird. There's one at Riverwest Co-op. Anyone can go to Vivint to get uh, fentanyl test strips. You don't have to like do a Narcan training or anything. You can just pick them up. Um, what else? Yeah, if you and they also offer Narcan trainings. They're a little more in depth than mine because they fully encompass uh, prevention on multiple levels, like STD prevention and overdose prevention and uh, using clean tools and things like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're a great option, resource. They've been yeah. super, super supportive of me starting this and helping me get to this point. Right on. Shout out, big shout out to the co-op um, for that. My last uh, question um, uh, is what you have coming up with uh, MK overdose prevention, like as far as trainings go and, you know, if anyone who sees this, you know, just wants to get involved, like, yeah, what, what's coming up? Yeah, so um, like I said, first Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. at Daily Bird. So I think, what is that, like the 3rd of May? this Tuesday. Um, yeah. And then I don't know when you will publish this, but tomorrow, which is the 30th, I'm doing the drug take back events. I have a lot of events planned right now for um, like other businesses and stuff, but they aren't open to the public. Um, so I'm going to try to get some more stuff planned and everything is on the Instagram and Facebook and uh, the website is being made, but the person making it is making it for free. So I'm not trying to rush them or yeah. just appreciate them because I don't know how to code websites. And sure. uh, yeah, yeah, good to have people that are uh, specialized with that. Yeah, so once that gets up and running, then obviously all of our events will be on there, but everything's always on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, people can email me with questions. Uh, and if anyone needs a training or needs Narcan and like can't make it to a training, I'm happy to figure out how we can facilitate that as well. Right on. Awesome. Uh, Chelsea, I really appreciate you being on the show to share uh, uh, what you're doing and um, that you're doing this work in general for our community. Um, yeah, you're, you're making a real difference. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just been really awesome seeing, you know, you, you do this. And uh, yeah, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for always helping us glow up. I've got Try, some you know. new, like, psychology students that have been hitting me up because they're like, I read the Shepherd article and like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Wondering if I can shadow you. And I'm like, you're getting your bachelor's degree. Like, I'm just fucking winging it. Like, you've taken yeah. more psychology classes than I have. So, I actually just got an email this week. Uh, someone asking, to, like, who read the Shepherd article and wanted to contact you. Uh, I'm like, well, you can uh, shoot them a DM, maybe. Uh, yeah, or, I yeah. Yeah. I prefer email because I like, suck at looking at the Instagram DMs. 
but yeah. Well, that is good to know. Yeah. Um, my closing two questions that I ask everybody on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, my first first one is uh, Chelsea. What keeps you up at night? I mean, honestly, just like generally the effects of just socioeconomic like keeping people in poverty in poverty and the fact that there are people in this world that profit off of poverty and addiction and mental health and that's really like upsetting to me um it's a gross disregard of of humanity yeah uh, seeing that happen Yeah. yeah on the flip side on a lighter note what puts you or yeah yeah what puts you to sleep what puts me to sleep um i mean more wine than i should be drinking uh also just cuddling with my pets and my husband is nice um the fan blasting even if it's like january 15th and it's freezing oh yeah i must have white noise to sleep I feel that. Yeah. No, I, my heater gets, uh, my radiator gets really hot during the summer or during the winter. So like, mm-hmm. even when it's like, uh, dead of winter, I yeah. still crack my window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Radiators are crazy. Like, yeah. it's hard. I mean, they're great, but they're also like hard to control. Yeah. No, I, I like a nice, uh, a nice chill. Uh, yeah, I like to be snuggled like under blankies comfortably. Oh yeah, shout out to blankies. Yeah, and, blankies. And pets and husbands everywhere. Um, <laughs> thank you again so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you're most welcome. And uh, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging MK Overdose Prevention so you can uh, uh, check out their work on Facebook and Instagram. Um, go attend a Narcan training. It's a very uh, beneficial skill to have. You never know when you might need it. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Yeah.